Hey guys, I'm back with another episode from my podcast, Boxing Talks with Ashley, and in this episode, I'll be talking about the history of Marvelous Marvin Hagler. So yeah, before I start talking about him, uh, I, may some, I may say some repeated stuff, and also don't mind the background noise, and another thing is, don't forget to tell your friends and family about this episode, I mean about this podcast, so yeah, I'm gonna get started. Marvelous Marvin Hagler was born Marvin Nathaniel Hagler on May 23rd, 1954, and he died on March 13th. Uh, 2021 he was an american professional boxer and film actor who competed in boxing from 1973 to 1987 he reigned as an un, uh, undisputed champion of the middleweight division from nine then from 1980 to 1987 making 12 successful defenses of that title Hagler also holds the highest knockout percentage of all undisputed middleweight champions at uh I believe at 80%. His undisputed middleweight championship reign of six years and seven months is the, is the second longest um, of the last century. Behind only Tony Zale, whose reign included several years of activity during his service in World War II, nicknamed Marvelous, and, anno- and annoyed the, that, and he was annoyed that the network announcers often did not refer Tim, as such, Hagler le- legally changed his name to Marvelous Marvin Hagler in 1982. Hagler is is an induct of the. Don't mind the background noise, guys, because here's some um background noise ignore it, So yeah. <sighs> um, he uh he was induct is an induct of the International Hall of Fame and the World Boxing Hall of Fame. He was named. He was twice named Fighter of the Year by the Ring Magazine and the Boxing Writers Association of America, as well as uh, Fighter of the Decade, um, which was in the 1980s by Boxing Illustrated Magazine. In 2001 and 2004, the Ring named the fourth named him the fourth greatest middleweight uh, middleweight of all time, and in 2002. Uh, they named him the 17th greatest fighter of all of the past 69 years. The International Boxing Research Organization rates Hagler as the sixth greatest middleweight of all time, while BoxRec rates him as the 29th greatest boxer of all time. And also, he was the he is also the pound for pound. Many analysts and boxing writers consider Hagler to have one of the most durable chins in boxing history, only been knocked out once during his entire professional career. Um, the lone, the lone, the only um, knockdown, um, I believe the only time he was knocked down was I believe when he fought uh, Juan Rolden of Argentina, and it's still, it, it's, um, it's still being disputed. So, like, I believe Juan Roldan was the only one to have knocked out Marvin Hagler. So, yeah. Hagler was the first um, ch- child of Robert Sims and Ida May Hagler. Born out of wedlock on on May 23, 1954, his real birth year publicly, publicly claimed, came to light in 1982 when he had to state his date of birth in order to legally change from Marvin Nathaniel Hagler to Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Robert 
deserted Idomay to raise their six children alone on welfare, and Hagler spent his early years in the central ward of network of Newark, Newark, New Jersey. Sorry if I didn't pronounce it right. So yeah, it was Newark, New Jersey, um, United States, with uh, his four sisters, Veronica, Cheryl, Janera, and Noreen, a brother, fellow middleweight, uh, Southpaw boxer Robbie Sims is Hagler's other sibling. His, he first put on gloves at the age of 10 for a social worker he knew only as Mr. Joe who taught him sports and got him involved in counseling. Other children is a freshman. Um, Hagler dropped out of school. When he was a freshman, he had dropped out of school at the age of 14. So yeah. And worked in a toy factory to help support the family. Although she didn't believe him, Ida may recall her eldest son had always wanted to box and saying he would buy her a home. So yeah, growing up, Hagler would pretend he was Floyd Patterson or uh, Amy Griffith. Following the riots of 1967 in which uh, 26 people were killed, uh, $11 million in property damage was caused, including the destruction of the Hagler's tenement. His family moved to Brockton, Massachusetts. Hagler said that looking down on the streets at the looters was the watch, was watching ants on a picnic table. Ida May described, um, described the riots as really terrifying and nobody left the ho- apartment for three days. The family lay under Veronica's bed during the, this time with a pair of bullets m- smashing through the bedroom w- window and shattering the plaster above the bed. Hagler and his siblings were forbidden from standing by Ida May, who told her children to stay away from the windows. Together, they crawled um, about the five-bedroom apartment, sliding five-room apartment, sliding around the cushions to reach the bathroom and kitchen. Once it was over, ghetto neighborhoods um, were in ruin, and countless cars have been stripped. Rubbish and mess, uh, rubbish and mattresses were strewn st- in in the streets, with buildings also abandoned. After another riot, nearly two years later, Hagler and his family got out of Newark as well. In 1964, Hagler took up boxing after being roughed up and on the street by a local boxer, whom he later defeated with his friends watching. The very next day, after being roughed up, Hagler determined to become a boxer himself, walked into a gym owned by brothers Pat and Goody Patronelli, and who became the, his trainers and managers. As Hagler needed to be in or- Hagler needed to be 16 in order to enter some amateur tournaments. He had about he lied about his age, saying that he was born in 1952 instead of 1954. In May, um, in May, uh, in May 1973, Hagler won the national AAU 165-pound, I believe, 25 kilograms title after defeating Terry Dobbs um, 
uh, U.S. Marine uh, for Atlanta, Georgia, ahead of both Aaron Pryor and Leon Spinks. Official also voted him the outstanding boxer of the tournament. Hagler subsequently turned professional, finishing his amateur career with a record of 55 wins and one loss. And as a pro, he had a record of 52 wins, three losses, and two draws. He had a total of 67 fights as a professional. So, yeah. National Golden Gloves light middleweight Lowell, and he fought, I believe, in Lowell, Massachusetts, March 1973, 172 loss to Dale Grant by decision. United States National Championships, middleweight Boston in the middleweight, and then I believe he fought again which uh, at the middleweight division in they fought in i believe in boston massachusetts on may um in may 1973 finals in the finals so he defeated uh terry dobbs by decision Hagler was top ranked middleweight boxer for many years before he fought for title he struggled to find high profile opponents willing to face him in his early years joe fraser told Hagler, you have three strikes against you you're black, you're a southpaw, and you're good. He often had to travel to his opponent's home to hometowns to get fights. His first break came when he was offered on a two-week notice a chance against Willie the Warm Monroe, who was being trained by Fraser. Hagler lost the fight, but Monroe gave him a rematch. This, in this, in this, in the second round. In the third fight, he defeated Monroe in two rounds. So I believe they fought three times. So yeah, boxing promoters uh, Rip Valentini took an interest in Hagler and began bringing in top-ranked opponents for Hagler to face. He fought 1972 Olympic gold medalist Sugar Ray Seals. Hagler won the first time. The second fight was a draw, and Hagler knocked out Seals in the third fight. Number one ranked Mike Colbert and was knocked out in the twelfth round, and also and also his jaw broke in by Hagler. So he got knocked out in the twelfth round and his jaw was broken. So yeah, so yeah. So now I'm talking about uh Mike Colbert, okay, in in this little part. So yeah. And then Britain Kevin Finnegan was stopped in eighth in the eighth and required forty facial stitches. He dropped a controversial decision to Bobby Bugalu Watts, preceding these victories, but knocked Watts out in the second round in a rematch between the pair of the fight against um, the same guy. Hagler won a ten-round decision over Bad. Over Bad Benny Briscoe. By then, promoter Bob Arum took notice and signed him. In November 1979, Hagler fought world world middleweight champion Vito Antofirmo at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, Nevada. When it was over after 15 rounds, most ringside observers thought that Hagler had won, even though Antofirmo had been closed in the gap in the second half of the fight. Hagler claimed that he that referee Mills Lane said he won but Lane denied ever saying that. 
Heckler claimed that he and many others were surprised when the decision was announced a draw. Judge Dwayne Ford scored the fight in Hagler's favor at 145 and 141. However, Judge Dalby Shirley scored the bout for Antofimo from 1944, I mean, 144 and 142, while Judge Hell Miller scored the fight even 143-143. The result only added to Hagler's frustrations as Antofimo retained his title. So yeah, with the draw, Hagler had the boxing skills and killing instinct to knock out to knock his opponent out, but instead he played it safe as Antofimo closed the gap late in the fight and it cost Hagler the title. Antofimo lost the, later lost the title lost his title to British boxer Alan Minter, who gave Hagler his second title shot. Hagler went to Wembley Arena to face Minter. The tense uh, atom atmosphere was stoked further when minter was quoted as saying that no black man later insisted he meant that black he meant that black man um hagler took command and his slashing punches soon opened up the cut prone cut prone minter with hagler dominating the action referee carlos Berocol, um halted the fight um during the third round to have the fourth glaring cuts on Minter's face. Examined Minter's manager Doug Bidwell almost immediately conceded defeat. Once Pedacol wave bowed off, a riot broke out. A riot broke out uh, among the spectator spectators. Uh, Clive Gammon of Sports. Live gammon of sports uh, illustrated described the scene as a horrifying relation of howls and booze. Hagler and his trainers had to be escorted to their room, locker room by a planics of policemen, all the while enduring a steady rain of beer bottles and glasses after years. And fifty-five after seven years and fifty-five, Hagler was the world middleweight champion. Hagler proved a busy world proved a proved a busy world champion. He defeated future champion Fulencio Abel Mejias of Venezuela by a knockout in the eighth round, and then former world champion Antofimo in a rematch by TKO in four rounds. Both matches were fought at the Boston Garden Arena, Boston Garden near Hagler's hometown. And during him to Boston, fight fans Syrian-born Mustafa Hamshou, who later defeated three division world champion Wilfred Benitez and future world champion Bobby Sis, became Hagler's next challenger, putting up a lot of resistance before finally scumbling scumbling in uh sorry for the background noise i know there's a lot of banging so yeah in 11 tough rounds michigan fighter william caveman lee lasted only one round and in a rematch in italy oblamias lasted five rounds british champion uh lands mutual Alan Mincer and uh, Concord 
Tawny Simpson followed on Hagler's ever-growing list of unsuccessful challengers. Simpson provided one of the most uh, entertaining to Mar Marvin's career, but he ultimately fell short, lasting six rounds. Next fell short, lasting six Next came Wilford Skimpion, who only lasted four rounds. Sorry if I'm not pronouncing uh, some of these things right, so some of the names right, or something right, so yeah. By then, Hagler was a staple, a staple on HBO, the pay-per-view of its time. A fight against Roberto Duran followed uh, on November 10th, 1983. Duran was the first challenger to last the distance, which Hagler in a world championship bout. Duran was the IBF, WBA light middleweight champion and went up in weight to challenge to challenge for Hagler's middleweight crown. Hagler won a unanimous decision. Unanimous 15 round decision. So, yeah. Um. So, yeah, sorry if I kind of ha uh, paused there a little bit. I was just looking at something. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so Duran was ahead by one point on uh, two scorecards and even on the third. Hagler, with his left eye swollen and cut, cut came on in on in, and cut came on strong in the last two rounds to win the fight. Judge Guy Cordutra scored the bout 144-142. Judge Oi Ovison scored it. 144 143. Judge Yusako Yoshida scored it 146-145. Then came Juan Rodan of Argentina, who became the only man to create to be created with a knocking a knockdown of Hagler, scoring one more second into the fight. Hagler protested bitterly that he had been pulled and pushed to the canvas. Hagler cut uh, Odron's, Rodon's left eye then brutalized him over 10 rounds and finally stopped in him in the middleweight of in the middle of round 10. Sugar Ray Leonard was calling the fight ringside with HBO analysis Barry Tompkins. He noted to Tompkins between rounds that Hagler looked older and slower. Marvin might finally be slowing down Barry Leonard Barry Leonard Mark remarked. Many people believe this is the fight that gave Sugar Ray Leonard the idea that he could actually win a fight with the aging Hagler. Hampshire was given a rematch, but the Syrian was again TKO'd this time in only three rounds. Hampshire angered Hagler with the trial of int you know, headbutts in the second round and a fourth early in in a fourth early in the third good gooding the normally patient and cautions Hagler and to a full-out attack that left Hampshire battered and only defenseless in a matter of seconds after conquering Hampshire again met Hagler met Thomas Hearns on April 15th uh, 1985 in what was built as the fight of it became known as the war. Round one in three minutes of violence within the first five, first 15 seconds, Hearns landed his punches, 
his best punch as straight as straight right to onto Hagler's chin. The champion stepped back, then came forward. At this point, Hagler began to walk through Hearns. However, punches and round two, Hagler was on was on his head from a intentional um, elbow elbow or headbutt. Despite the blood, the champion continued to push in the fight forward. Wait, I'm gonna pause real quick. Sorry if I keep pausing, it's just I have to have to look. Okay. I'll continue. Sorry if I keep pausing, it's just I'm looking for something. So yeah. Hearns was uh fighting hurt as well as having suffered having suffered a broken right a broke right hand in a broken a broke right hand in the uh in the last minute of the first round the pace continued as before but now Hearns was backing up trying to move around the ring Hearns trade trainer Emmanuel Stewart later reviewed uh Hearns he had a leg massage much to dismay before the fight Hearn's legs by the end of the round were weakening. Round three, the pace slowed into referee Richard Steele called a timeout to have the ringside doctor examine the cut on Hagler's head. <coughs> Sorry. The crowd was on its feet for the next 10 seconds before the doctor allowed the fight to continue. Hagler charged the much taller Hearn's drilling in an overhand right behind Hearn's ear. Hearn's legs wobbled to the canvas, then rose at the count of eight, but collapsed into referee Steele's arms, and the fight was then halted. The fight lasted only eight minutes and one second, but it was rightly it was rightly regarded as a classic commentator. Al Michaels unuttered. Oh shit! Sorry. Oh my phone fell. Sorry if I cussed there. Um, my phone just fell. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, the famous uh, line uh, that I believe they said was, it didn't go very far, but it was a beauty. The fight was named Fight of the Year by the ring. Next was Olympic silver medalist John Mugabe of Uganda, who was 26-0 and 0 with 26 knockouts and was, and was ranked the number one contender by all three major bodies. The fight took place on March 10, 1986, as Hagler had hurt his back and could not fight on the first date, but booked, booked in 1985. Hagler stopped Mugabe in the 11th round of a brutal fight. Uh, many ringside observers, including analysis Joe Clancy, noticed that Hagler was showing signs of advanced ring wear and age. He was much slower of hand and foot and seemed much easier to hit. He had also completely morphed his ring style from a slick, quick-fisted boxer puncher to, to a strictly flat-footed stocking slugger to com compensate of his boxing of speed, of his loss of, I mean, I meant to say stocking uh, slugger to compensate compensate of his loss of speed and reflexes. Hagler has 
was now said to be seriously considered retirement. Hagler's promoter, uh, Bob Arum, was quoted as saying he was expecting Hagler to retire in the face of being challenged by Sugar Ray Leonard. Hagler's next challenger was Sugar Ray Leonard, who was returning to the ring after a three-year retirement, only fighting once in the previous five years during the pre-fight negotiations and fight in return for granting Hagler a large share of purse Leonard obtained several conditions were which were crucial to his strategy. Um so yeah, were crucial to his strategy by a uh, 22 by 22 foot uh um ring instead of a smaller ring. So I believe it was kind of like a big ring cuz I believe I think it was like 22 feet wide. It was like pretty big. So yeah. And then 10-ounce gloves instead of 8-ounce gloves. And the fight was to be only 12 rounds instead of 15 rounds, favored by Hagler. Leonard was two years younger, had had half as many fights, and 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 unbeknownst to Hagler, I don't know if I pronounced that right. Say, has in, had engaged in several real, uh, i.e., glove runs. A referee judges, and no head gear fights. Um, behind closed doors, in order to sake of his ring rust, the fight took place at Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, Nevada, on April 6, 1987. Hagler was the clear betting favorite, off after a dominant. Six and a half years as the reigning undisputed middleweight champion of the world, having knocked out all opponents as a champion except in winning a very close unanimous decision over 15 rounds against Roberto Duran. It was Leonard's first fights of at middleweight. So yeah. The fight was to be for Hagler's WBC Lionel and ring middleweight titles, only as the WBA striped Hagler off their striped Hagler off their for choosing to face Leonardo instead of um I believe to choo- in, in, um choosing to face Leonard instead of a WBA mandatory challenger. He Hero Graham, the IBF. While keeping Hagler as um, the champion, refused to sanction his fight against Len- Leonard and said that the IBF uh, middleweight title would be declared Daxon if Hagler lost to Leonard. Hagler, a natural southpaw, opened the fight, boxing out of an orthodox stance. After the quick and slick, Leonard won the first two rounds and on all three scorecards Hagler then did much better through though Leonard's superior speed and quick flurries kept him in the fight but but by the fifth Leonard who was moving a lot began to began to tire and Hagler started to get closer as Hag- as Leonard was getting tired and he began to clinch with more frequency in total referee Richard still gave him over 30 warn- warnings 
for holding, although they never deducted at a point. Hagler buckled Leonard's knees with a right uppercut near um, the end of the round, which of the round, which uh, finished with Leonard on the ropes. Hagler continued to score effectively in round six. Leonard, having slowed down, was obliged to fight more and run less. In round seven and eight, Hagler's southpaw jab was landing solidly and Leonard's counter flurries were less frequent. Round nine was the most exciting round of the fight. Hagler hurt Leonard with the left cross and pinned with him with the, in the corner. Leonard was in trouble, then fiercely tried to fight his way out of the corner. The action see seesawed for the first time for the rest of the round, with each man having his moments. Round 10 was calmer even as Hagler continued to press forward and Leonard slowly got a second wind as the pace slowed after the furious action of previous round. So I'm gonna pause for a sec, okay guys? So yeah. Clearly tiring, Leonard boxed well in the 11th every time Hagler scored. Leonard came back with something flashier, if not as effective. In the final round, Hagler continued to chase Leonard. He hit Leonard with a big left hand and backed him into a corner. Leonard responded with a flurry and danced away with Hagler in pursuit. The fight ended with Hagler and Leonard exchanging along the ropes. Hagler been dancing in celebration of the, his performance while Leonard collapsed to the canvas and raised both his arms in throne. Leonard threw 629 punches and landed 306 of them. That is a lot of punches they threw, man. That's a shit ton. So, yeah. While Hagler threw uh, seven, uh, 797 and landed 291. Hagler later said that as the fighter, um, as the fighters embraced in the ring after the fight, Leonard said to him, "You beat me, man." Hagler said. After the fight, he said, "I beat him, and I was so happy." Leonard denied making the statement, and he only told Hagler, "You're a great champion." WB cameras and microphones supported. Hagler's uh, uh, version of events. Ha Leonard was announced as the winner and near a new middleweight champion of the world by split decision, which was scored 118, 110, 118, 110, 115, 113, 113, 115, and a result which remains hotly disputed to this day. The Hagler versus Leonard fight divides fans and opponents press and ringside observers arguably more than any other fight in boxing history with scorecards varying as widely as 117 uh, 111 Hagler to 118 110 Leonard and everything in between the only near universally agreed views about the fight in an orthodox stance that Leonard won the first two rounds and that Hagler won the fifth round every other round 
in the fight divides people as to who actually won it or the if the rounds were even post fight uh, reaction official ringside judge joe joe guerrera guerra who's a scorecard of 118 110 in favor of leonard was there in many quarters of com commented that leonard outpunched pagler outsmarted him outboxed him he looked just great sugar Ray leonard was making him miss a lot and then and counter punching him sugar ray leonard was beating him to the punch they should call him marvelous sugar ray leonard boxing is the art of self-defense and sugar ray was in command at all times he was very fast and he was very clever he made marvin hagler come to him he dictated the fight upon a second knowing of the fight while maintaining his belief and Leonard the and belief that Leonard won the fight. Guerra, Guerra uh, acknowledged that he made a mistake and showed sh should have scored two more rounds to, for Hagler. Dwayne Ford, chairman of the Nevada State Athletic Commission, commented that Guerra probably would not be invited back to Las Vegas to judge fight in to judge fight in the near future. Judge Dave Moret who scored it 115-113 for Leonard said obviously Hagler was aggressor but he was not the effective aggressor you can't chase and you can't and can't get hit and get hit and chase and get him and get hit you know and get credit for it besides the hardest punching was by Leonard hi Hugh Mick Ivanley commenting in the british sunday times and sports illustrated what ray leonard pulled off in his split decision over hagler was an epic illusion he has said beforehand that they the way to beat hagler was to give him a distorted picture but this but but this um this of fighters knew it was even more important to distort the distort the picture for judges. His plan was to steal round with a few flashy and carefully timed flurries, and to make the rest of each three-minute session as unproductive as possible for Hagler by circling briskly, briskly away from the ladder. His persistent pursuit when he made his sporting tactic attacking flourishes he was happy to exaggerate hand speed at the expense of power and neither he won and neither he nor two of the scorers seemed bothered by the fact that many of the punches landed on the champions gloves and arms mick ivanley also referred to to bud scoberges to Bud Scarbudge's contention about a compound optical illusion, namely, namely that by being the underdog and more competitive than expecting against the dominant undisputed champion in Hagler, meant that Leonard appeared more effective and to be going more than he actually was. Leonard himself has said to journalists before the fight the reason i will win is because you don't think i can holmes i mean harry gibbs 
the British judge who had been rejected by Pat Patronally from Hagler's camp and replaced by Jojo Guerra said he scored a it 115-113 for Hagler when he watched the fight at home. Jim Murray, longtime sports communist for the Los Angeles Times, felt that Leonard deservedly got the decision, arguing that Leonard showed better defense and ring generalship landed more punches and writing. It wasn't even close. He didn't just outpoint Hagler. He exposed him. He made him look like a guy chasing a bus in show, show, in show, show, shoes. Leonard repeatedly beat Hagler to the mat, to the punch. When he did hit uh, Hagler, he did hit, he, he hit harder, he hit more often. He made Hagler into what he perceived to be throughout his career, a brawler, a short, uh, Swarmer, a man who could be, who could club you to death only if you stood there and let him, and let him, if he moved, he was lost. The scorecards from ringside press and broadcast media attest to the polarizing views, opinions of the fight. ABC Howard Coswell was 117-112 for Leonard, Associated Press 117-112 for La Hagler, Baltimore Sun, Seven through five for Leonard was one fifteen one thirteen. Boston Globe, Ron Borges was one fifteen one thirteen for Hagler. Boston Globe, Steve Rance was one seventeen one eleven for Leonard. Boston Herald, uh, one sixteen one thirteen Leonard for Leonard. Uh, CBS, CBS Tim Ryan one fifteen one fourteen for Hagler. Chicago Sunstein one fifteen one fourteen for Hagler. CBS. Old Clancy 115 113 Leonard for Leonard Chicago Tribute uh Bob Verdi 115 113 for Hagler The Ring Nigel Collins 115 113 for Leonard Sports Illustrated Hugh Ivani 116 112 for Hagler International uh 116 112 for Leonard Hagler requested a rematch, but Leonard chose to retire again. Third of five profile retirements announced by Leonard during his professional boxing career, having announced it beforehand. Four months, months after their fight, uh, Hagler retired from boxing. June uh, on June 1988, he declared that he was tired of waiting for Leonard to grant him a rematch. Just a month after Hagler's retirement. Leonard announced a comeback to fight against WBC light heavyweight champion Donnie Le, 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 Lond, Leland at 168-pound super middleweight limit. In 1990, Leonard finally offered Hagler a rematch, which reportedly would have earned him a 15 million. Would have earned him 15 million, but he declined. Then Hagler had settled down in a. Uh, into a new life an actor in italy and was now uninterested in his past boxing that pagler said a while ago yeah i wanted him so bad but i'm i'm over that at the 1994 consumer electronics show um pagler and leonard had a mock rematch by playing against each other in the video game boxing legends of the ring and claimed that an actual rematch was being planned 
though it never happened after lot after the loss to Leonard, Hagler moved to Italy where he became a well-known star of action films. His roles included a U.S. Marine in the films Indio, uh, which came out in 1989, and Indio 2, which came out in 1991. And in 1997, he starred along Terence Hill and Giselle Blondet in Virtual Weapon. Hagler also provided boxing commentator commentary for boxing for British television, another foray by Hagler into the entertainment field including included world woke work on the video game not fight night round three Hagler had five children with his first wife Bertha his kids names were uh Charelle Celeste James Marvin Jr. and Marvin Jr. and Gentry although he owned a home in Barlett New Hampshire Hagler lived in Milan Italy in May 2000 he married his second wife, Kay, an Italian in Pilo, Pilotello, Italy, on March 13th, uh, 2021. Hagler's wife, Kay, announced that Hagler had died at his home in New Hampshire. He was 66 years old. These uh, are awards and recognitions that he got named Fighter of the Decade 1980s by Boxing Illustrated, named Boxing Writers Association of America. For, for 1983 and 1985, received the Golden Glove, the Golden Plate Award of the Academy of Achievement in 1983, presented by Awards Council member Herschel Walker at a ceremony in Colorado, California, inducted into both the International Boxing Hall of Fame and the World Boxing Hall of Fame of in 1993, awarded the Excellence Girlin the honor and, and entered the Fiat's Hall of Fame during his the, the 2016 edition of Sports Movies and TV Milano International Fix This. So yeah guys, this is the history of Marvin Hagler. I hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to tell your friends and family about this podcast. And uh don't uh sorry for what you guys heard in the background and also sorry if I kinda messed up a little bit. I also may say may have said some repeated stuff. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed.